the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. My usual co-host, Don Dix, is playing hooky today. Not, not actually. He has the privilege of interviewing uh, Karen Spence. Okay. With his uh, partner on The Daily Show, Jennifer. They're interviewing her today over at the Salem Studios in Glendale. So I'm a little bit envious that, he's, that he gets that interview. But maybe we're even better and more interesting. I've got as my guest host today, Sean Flynn. Uh, and he's a professor of economics at Scripps College. He wrote the book, Economics for Dummies. Probably uh, could be distributed to everyone in Washington, D.C. and improve their economic IQ. Co-authored the leading economics textbook, and he is only one of two conservative professors in the entire state of California. <laughs> Maybe not quite, but close. Welcome, Sean. Thank you, Greg. It's good to be here. You're right. In academia, I kind of feel like sometimes I'm behind enemy lines, but... Uh you know, these are all good Americans. We should treat them charitably, even if they disagree on the fundamentals. Yeah, back in the back in the seventies, uh, Bill Buckley, William Buckley's brother, was running for Senate in New York against Daniel Patrick Moynihan. So they had a debate, and William Buck, uh, Bill Buckley refers to Moynihan as Professor Moynihan. To which Moynihan responds, "Let the mudslinging begin." <laughs> And, and, our, and our other great guest here, and let's bring her right into the conversation, is Susan Shelley. We've had her on the show before, very insightful and very knowledgeable on California politics. She writes for the Southern California News Group. You can see her columns locally on the Redlands Daily Facts, San Marino Sun, Riverside Press Enterprise, and uh, just started a new position as the Vice President of Communications at the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So, uh, we'll, we'll start with you. What is, what is going on of interest to you? I know I have seen your, your recent columns. What would you, what, what's the top item you'd like to tell people today about what's going on in California politics? Well, this week, Arnold Schwarzenegger came back. He always said he would. He always <laughs> threatened us that he'd be back. This week, he's back. And he's back. That's one promise defend- he kept, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He came back to defend his cap-and-trade program. You may remember that in 2006, he signed Assembly Bill 32, the Global Warming Solutions Act, because we were all going to fry on the sidewalk any minute unless we immediately took all the money out of our wallets and gave it to politicians. And this, for some reason, has not saved the climate. Everything seems to be exactly the same as it was before. But still... He wants to continue this cap-and-trade program. This, For people who aren't quite sure what it is, it's a hidden tax on energy. It's a law that requires the California Air Resources Board to limit the amount of greenhouse gas emissions for the whole state 
and to charge people for a ton of emissions. For every ton of greenhouse gas emitted, you have to have a permit. So under this cap-and-trade program, they set a cap, they issue the permits, and the idea is that in the so-called market for these things, people will buy, people will either pay more for the permits or maybe they'll replace all their equipment and then be more green in that regard. Now, of course, the trouble with this is it does nothing for the climate because all of California is only 1% of global greenhouse gas emissions, so we could shut down the whole state and it wouldn't affect the climate. Going down a little bit here and there makes no difference at all, but it's very expensive. And the program was going to expire in 2020, and this would have been like a tax cut for the whole state because all these businesses wouldn't have had to pay these extra fees, which they pass on to you in the cost of gasoline and everything else. So it was about to expire, and the governor decided he wants to renew it through 2030, and he pushed and he pushed, and he did not have the votes, and he needed Republican votes. And Chad Mays gave him seven Republican votes in the Assembly, and the thing passed. And so the tax increase continues. And Arnold Schwarzenegger came to shore up Chad Mays and his political career, which is obviously in a lot of trouble, and rightly so. Arnold Schwarzenegger came back, and they had this event, which they're calling New Way California, where they imagine that they're repositioning the Republican Party I guess, to be in favor of higher gasoline prices. I'm not sure how that helps anybody. They didn't mention higher gasoline prices in that, and the, the new cap and trade, it's worse than the current one. It's going to raise gas prices by 73 cents per gallon in addition to what we already have. Right, and, and in addition to the gas tax that, that passed, the gas tax increase. Right, and it's also going to increase all other energy prices. And right now, right. Uh, I remember uh, Paul Chabot, who, was, who ran, I didn't mention, by the way, Sean is, we'll talk more about this, is Sean is running for Congress in the 31st District out here in the Inland Empire against uh, Pete Aguilar, who uh, never met an illegal immigrant he didn't want to, didn't like and want to protect, criminal or, criminal or otherwise, no matter what his, what, his, what his record is, is that uh, he, he tweeted a picture or, or put a Facebook to picture of a gas pump in Texas. Dollar ninety nine a gallon, and out here the, the the lowest price I could find on uh, GasBuddy.com was two ninety nine a gallon wow. out here in the Inland Empire. So people are paying well, for this. this they, people are paying for this, and you know when you raise the price of gasoline, you make it more expensive for people to drive to work, and they get less of their own money back at the end of the month. And when you raise the price of diesel fuel, you raise the price of everything that's moved by truck like food. Does anybody listening to this program eat? Well, you are paying for this cap-and-trade program, and it's doing nothing for the climate. Even if the whole climate change thing is absolutely true, even if it's happening and it's terrible and it's all our fault, this doesn't do anything about it except lift money out of your wallet and hand it to Sacramento to spend on pet projects. And what's the number one pet project they're funding with the cap-and-trade money? Can you guess? Would it be a, a train, train without train yeah. cars or tracks? It's or? a bullet train. Yeah. yeah, the voters were pretty concerned that, that someone might try to raise taxes to finish the bullet train. So when we passed those bonds back in 2008, there was something in the language of that ballot measure that said they cannot raise taxes to pay for this thing. So they're using the cap-and-trade money because technically that's not a tax increase. Well, and could, Susan, could you could you explain to the listeners out there how well the cap and trade system in Europe worked? 
<laughs> I'll defer to you to explain that. I can just say that nobody else is doing it. Well, no, no, it's never succeeded anywhere, right? So, so Europe put into place one of these uh, about 10, 12 years ago now, and it's been a colossal failure. They, they not only didn't actually succeed in capping anything, it turned out to just be a massive bit of corruption because government started issuing extra permits to let people permit and selling off the rights. And so they neither, um, they, they, you know, even if you believe everything about global warming, they did nothing to actually arrest uh, the decline in carbon emissions over there. And believe it or not, in our free market system, we've been having declining carbon emissions since 2006 without any cap and trade. Europe's are still going up. Um, despite you know massive green subsidies and everything else, and so that that's another reason to be opposed to this. Is even if you thought it could work in theory, it doesn't work in fact. And so even if someone were the world's biggest advocate for reducing carbon emissions, you know you look at Europe's example, it it fell on its face. So they just all they got was the huge tax increase you're talking about. And of course, it's the money really goes very discouraging. Yeah. And, and when you pin a politician in Sacramento to the wall and you say, this isn't doing anything, they say, we know that, but we have to show leadership. Leadership! But nobody's following. Who's doing this? Who wants our poverty rate? Who wants to pay 30% more for electricity and a dollar a gallon more for gasoline? Who wants that? Nobody wants that. This isn't leadership. This is just self-inflicted economic damage. And it's much worse than 30%. Um, I just, there was an article recently that compared to Texas, California electricity, that's easy for me to say, California electrical rates for residential are 75% higher, for commercial 115% higher, and for industrial, you wouldn't want any of those factory jobs here in California now, would we? 175% higher than Texas. And really, this is a serious economic problem because businesses are not going to locate in California when our energy costs are so much higher than everywhere else. Our taxes are higher. Our energy costs are higher. Our regulatory climate is worse. Everybody gets sued for everything. Why would a business locate here when they could locate in a place that doesn't hate them the way California's government hates businesses here? It's just, you look at Amazon, for instance, and they're dangling this huge new facility, the second headquarters, with all these high-paying jobs and, I think, 8 million square feet of office space. Are they coming to California? Mm-mm. Not likely. Not likely. And the governor, the governor wrote a letter to Amazon and explained all the breaks he was going to give them. He was going to give them an exemption from the CEQA law so they wouldn't get sued over environmental impact reports. He was going to give them tax breaks. He was going to help them with local taxes. He was going to help them with housing and everything. It read like a confession of everything California is doing to kill businesses. It's just not right. And it isn't necessary, and it isn't helping anything. We need to take a break here, but the one thing that you mentioned before is, is, is in California, everybody gets to sue everybody. You know, that's not so bad. As an attorney, I think, you know, that, you know <laughs> yeah, that's really just not so bad. But everything else really is really, really, really bad. Uh, let's, let's, let's hear from our sponsor for this half, uh, Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. 
That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy a refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Henry Morgenthau, who was Franklin Delano Roosevelt's Secretary of the Treasury, said that never in the history of the world has there been a situation so bad the government cannot make it worse. Now, Susan, your article, you can find your articles. Uh, if you want to find a compilation, you go to susanshelley.com or the more recent articles. I'm going to get that URL. Well, I'm looking for that. Why don't you tell us where, where would be a good yeah, place to people you can, to you find can your go, articles? Well, you can go to dailynews.com for the LA Daily News and search my name in the search box and they'll all come up or Orange County Register or the Riverside Press Enterprise. I write two columns a week, usually Wednesdays and Sundays and cover all kinds of topics. You on Facebook, Twitter? And on Facebook, yes. You can find me on Facebook at Susan.Shelley.9, the number 9, and Twitter at Susan underscore Shelley. And that's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. Now, one of the more interesting articles that you wrote recently is entitled, Are They Sniffing Glue Down at Los Angeles City Hall? And in particular, there's, there's a quote in here from the assistant director of the L.A. Bureau of Sanitation. You think maybe that you pick up the garbage. You know, it's important work, but okay. Here's what, he has, here's what he said. Our top priority is no longer just water. It's improving the quality of life. Now we are resource managers, social engineers, and environmental and community stewards. I guess there's a lot more than just picking up the trash now, huh? Yes. Well, this has to do with water policy. And the reason that we're having an issue with water policy is because the the water projects which were built in the in the California Delta, which are a wonder of the world, have been shut down, essentially throttled down gradually since the 1980s. And now we have to find all these other sources of water in order to stop pumping from the Delta. And this is a fight with environmental groups over how much ecological protection is necessary to preserve the delta and how much is necessary to waive in order to to pump the water that is contracted for and necessary for the farms and for the urban areas in Southern California. Water rights and water fights in California are one of the most interesting things in the state's history, and time doesn't permit going through all of it. But let me just give you one number. In the 1980s, we were pumping 8 million acre-feet a year from the California Delta, and now we're pumping 4 million and falling. And some environmental groups think it should be 2 million. Now, if you just think about the population growth in California since the 1980s and you realize that we've cut the water output from our own water project in half or worse, you can see that we've created the pressure for a continuous crisis. And when you create the pressure for a continuous crisis, 
you create a willingness in the public to pay higher taxes or higher water rates because we think it's a real crisis. It's a manufactured crisis, and it could be dealt with in many different ways. They don't want to do any of it. They just want higher higher rates. The latest plan, this One Water, One Water LA in the city of Los Angeles, is, is the idea of doing stormwater recapture and groundwater cleanup and wastewater recycling, popularly known as toilet to tap. That's where the sanitation department comes in. Mm. Now, this Wasn't is that bottled, bottled water here? It, it's charming, isn't it? This is, this is really expensive stuff. This involves pipes and filters and retention basins and all kinds of equipment and, and big, heavy-duty infrastructure. The estimate for this One Water LA plan is 10 to $20 billion just for the city of Los Angeles. There's more for the county area around it. What are we getting for this? We're getting stormwater cleanup and groundwater cleanup, maybe, it may not even be possible to clean it up to the standards that we need because there's so much stuff on the ground and there's so much stuff that's been put into the aquifers through the decades, you know, the Cold War and the rocket industry and the dry cleaning industry and all these. It's not a very pretty history of what's gone down into the groundwater, especially below the San Fernando Valley. So there's a plan to put all of this, these billions of dollars into this infrastructure. And where this social engineering comes in is they're going to dictate who these companies have to hire to build it, to operate it, how much money they have to put into the community to be granted the permits to build it, this kind of thing. And so they're doing what they consider to be social engineering to make sure everything in life is fair. But what's, what is your water bill going to be? It's already high, and it's going to be much, much higher. And in Los Angeles, we might get stuck paying for the Delta Tunnels which is a project that Jerry Brown conceived at, at the price of something like $17 billion, and he's having trouble getting anybody to pay for it. But the Metropolitan Water District is maybe willing to finance one tunnel by itself and bill it to the ratepayers in Southern California. We may never see a drop of water from it, but we will see the bills for 40 years. Well, and that's, and that's the thing from the new, one of the new dodges here, is, is why raise taxes when you can get the money from the same people through water rates or other utility rates. That's right. And then never, not that they're and never, not raising taxes, they're doing that too. Right. And I'm, of yeah. course, I'm not sure that they're ever going to build these things or they can, is whether California government is even capable, assuming gave them the money, here's your $17 billion, is, the, is, the, is California government even capable of building a, a working tunnel under the, under the San Francisco Delta and running water through it? Probably not, and even if they build it, there's nothing at all that guarantees that it can be used. You could have the exact same biologists and the exact same legal teams come in, look at the ground, pick out a toad, and say, that's a unique species of toad. It's only found in this three-square-yard area, and you cannot pump any water through this tunnel because you might injure the toad. And they could do that, and there'd be nothing we could do about it. This is how we've lost half the water we were pumping from the Delta, and this is how we could lose $17 billion plus building. Of course, it won't be $17 billion. Who knows what it'll be by the time it's built, if it's built. We don't have much to go on, but the, the track record on the bullet train isn't very encouraging on big state projects. Well, or even look at the Bay Bridge. If you're up north, it took them 25 years after that earthquake in 1989 to get, agree on a design and build the bridge, and 
you know, they didn't build one with higher capacity. It's got bike lanes that, you know, tourists kind of sort of use. Um, you know, it was a social engineering program, just like you're talking about. And at least that one they were forced to build because the other one had been condemned. And now here, you're right, there's going to be no pressure to actually get this done in a timely manner. And, you know, if their highest priority is just hiring a bunch of people to meet some social agenda, well, no pressure there to finish the thing because then they won't have jobs. Exactly right. And it's really discouraging because it's so expensive to live in California now, and these so many of these lawmakers just don't care. They've got theirs, and they've got the donations from the companies that want the contracts, and they can hand out the goodies like patronage, but there's a limit to what people can pay. If things are going really well and everybody's finding work and, and they can send their kids to college without pressure and they can go on vacation once a year, people are okay then the government can be incompetent or even corrupt, and people will have a higher tolerance for it. But when you've got a situation where they can't get the U-Hauls to California fast enough because so many people want to move out and go to Arizona and Nevada and Texas and Wyoming and everywhere else, when you're in a situation like that, these government officials have got to wake up, and they've got to realize that there is a limit to what people can pay. The poverty rate in this state, is a disgrace. It's 20 point something percent. It's the highest in the nation. In California, it's just unacceptable. And yet the same pe- the, pe- the people that are most the people that are poor in California are the most loyal voters of a Democrat party that's pursuing the policies that are keeping them poor and the Republicans are totally ineffective at making a case on that. The Republicans are totally ineffective. I can't disagree with you there. You know, I, I feel for people who are in a tough situation because they don't know what's causing it. And, and they know they're in a tough situation, and they, they will believe someone who comes to them and says, we've got a program that's going to help you. They don't realize that it's another swallow of the poison that's killing them. If you drive businesses out of California, there are no jobs. And if there are no jobs, people can't be prosperous. Because well, and Greg, a let government me... program isn't going to make anybody prosperous. That's right. And Greg, let me point out, there's one other group that the Democrats have as very loyal voters, and that's the people that, as Susan said, already got theirs. It's the very well-off, progressive, rich, West Coast. You know, they're living in Beverly Hills. They're living in the peninsula in San Francisco. And they are personally insulated from the disastrous effects of these policies because they're never going to end up unemployed because of them, as so many of our fellow Californians have. And it's a disgrace. It is. Now, we only only have a minute and 40 left, uh, so... There was a second. There was a poll released this week. It was showing that uh, it confirms a prior private poll by the Newsom campaign that shows the collapse of uh, Antonio Villaraigosa into third into third place and John Cox in second place. You have any thoughts on the status of that and the prospects of a Republican making it to the second round? And you got one minute and fifteen seconds to tell us about it. Well, I think that there's a really good chance of that. Um, the the Democrats are so unimpressive. I mean, they're so unimpressive. And our candidates are pretty good on the Republican side. Either one of them would be a thousand times better than any of the Democrats who are running and a thousand times better than the current governor. So I think when the voters get a chance to hear them and they get a chance to think about the policies and they ask a few questions of Gavin Newsom and he stares at them like a deer in the headlights, I think the Republicans might surprise people. I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule that out. I know it looks terrible when you look at the numbers and the registration, and even the fundraising seems to always favor the Democrats, but things do change. And here's what I want you to remember. 
before they change, nobody sees it coming. Nobody saw that Newt Gingrich was going to take Congress back for the Republicans after 40 years in the desert in 1994. 40 years, no one had seen a gavel in a Republican's hand. And Newt Gingrich was able to take control of the Congress and do good things for the American people and for the economy. And nobody saw that the Soviet Union was going to fall the day before it happened. And nobody saw that Donald Trump was going to win the day before it happened. Things do change. And you can feel the discontent in this state. So I wouldn't rule it out. Support your local Republican candidates for governor because you might be surprised. Well, Susan, I know you have to run, and we, uh, we, otherwise we'd love to have you hold you over for the, for the second half. Uh, but so th- thanks so much for your doing and for what you, what you are doing and for being on our show today. And we'll have you back soon because there is just so much uh, information uh, one, and topics we can cover. One more quick note. If you haven't yet signed the petition to repeal the gas tax increase, go to rejectthegastax.com. That's the Howard Jarvis site, rejectthegastax.com. Download and print and sign a petition. Send it back to us. We need a few more. Thank you, Susan, and we'll be back for our second half of Unite IE Radio after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, Or, if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747. And California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots. My guest co-host today is Sean Flynn, a professor of economics from uh, Scripps College, wrote the book Economics for Dummies, is one of only two conservative professors in the entire state of California. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe, maybe there's a few more, but, but that, that's, that, that's close. And our guest for this half hour is Kimberlyn Brown. And you may know her, and I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big watcher of daytime television, I have to acknowledge that. But uh, she's, she's been on uh, t- daytime TV and soap operas as an actress, and is now is in business with her husband, various businesses, and is now running for Congress in the 36th Congressional District out in Palm Springs, trying to repeal and replace Raul Rari Ruiz, who is very, very, very far left. Welcome to the show, Kimberlyn. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And, and you know what? I, I have to believe there are probably a few more professors out there that are just afraid to come forward. There's well, probably a couple. Yeah, well, it's, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> behind enemy lines all the time. But I, I bet you it must be like that for you in Hollywood, right? Oh, it absolutely is. I'll tell you what. The minute I, I agreed to speak at the GOP convention, the hate and the rhetoric that came out is, it was just amazing to me. I thought, I thought, I thought liberals were tolerant. Compassionate, <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> nice people. <laughs> well, that's um, you know that's what they tell us, but I think that, that they've 
turned into everything that they used to claim they, they fought for. You know, that's so true. Now, were you surprised, as I've been surprised a few times in my little academic career, that uh, there were people you, who you thought were tolerant and open-minded, but then they'd find out you didn't share their ideology, and suddenly, you know, they wouldn't talk to you, or even worse? No, absolutely. As a matter of fact, that you know, I, I don't let anybody put a label on me. I don't let labels define me. And and what the left has done is is just horrific, because... Like you just said, if if you don't agree with something that they've said, they have turned into attack dogs. And isn't that what our country is all about? That the liberty to believe and, and feel your own personal private thoughts without having to conform to any kind of a group. And they have meticulously divided people over time into groups and and separated us even colleges today when i was looking on college campuses for my son you know when i was in school they taught people to work together to make wonderful things happen and they automatically just put you in a group in several colleges across this wonderful land of ours not teaching kids how to come together to work with one another uh, to solve incredible problems but to be separatists well, and it's an, and it's indoctrination, and you you can see, and it was on display this past week in all of these uh, the student walkouts, as yeah. the way you know they, they it was organized. The 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 schools gave them time to out of school as long as they were expressing the school approved political message. It was almost like a a, a, a letting the, the in China letting the students out to go out and express their approval and and admiration for Xi Jinping. The new uh, dictator for life of uh, of China, right? Did Did you hear about the the one young man though, who went to school, and they suspended him for showing up at school right. because he wasn't out, out protesting with the other students. To me, that's just that's remarkable because our teachers are paid by by us, the taxpayer, to be in school teaching our children, and when this child chose to go to school to learn. He was punished for doing so. Right. And there's another one in Minnesota where the, the uh, eight lefty students uh, beat up a student carrying a Trump flag, broke his arm in two places, and basically nothing was done. The police were, quote, investigating, unquote, it, and the school district position was basically, well, you know, we, you know, we certainly want to uh, follow the rules, but nothing much we can do here. Yeah, no big get, deal. You've got to realize we've, we've turned into a country where – Bad behavior is, is no longer uh, disciplined. It's actually rewarded. Uh, that's not the America that I grew up in. I'm sure it's not the America that you grew up in. I, I grew up where you, know, you did something wrong. There were consequences for your behavior. But today, people are doing terrible things, and there are no consequences. So they believe that it must be all right because nothing's happening to these young people, and and it's just a horrible precedent to set. Um, really, and compliance with the law is either optional or mandatory, depending on which answer serves the political interests of the Democrat Party. So if, yeah. you're, if you're a county clerk and you don't like the Supreme Court making up a right to gay marriage, <laughs> compliance with the law is absolutely mandatory. But if you're the mayor of a sanctuary city, if you're an illegal immigrant then compliance with the law is optional. 
And we see that repeatedly throughout throughout our society now, and that and that is a very disturbing development. No, you know we we have we have officials, unfortunately, that we have put in place, and that government officials have put in place that they don't act on the letter of the law; they act on their interpretation of the law, and that's not the way our constitution was ever set up. But, you know, you're talking about these these sanctuary cities. Did you see the the report that came out? from Berkeley, uh, one of the most liberal colleges in the United States, showing that over, I believe it was 77% of Californians do not want sanctuary states or cities. Over 73% of Latino Americans do not want sanctuary cities and states. And over 60, I believe it was 65% of... um, of Democrats in the state of California don't want sanctuary cities and states. I, I, I would just love to know when our, our elected officials are going to start listening to us instead of telling us what is best for us. Only when the Democrats start suffering consequences to th- what they're doing. But until, but until they do, they'll, they'll, keep pu- they'll just keep pushing. It's not like I watched this program about the Mongol expansion across Asia. And basically the Mongols' attitude was, we'll just keep going until somebody stops us. And that's, the atti- and that's, the, that's basically the, the attitude of, uh, the Dem- of the Democrat Party in California. Let's take a break here. And then when we come back, we're going to let you, uh, Kimberly, tell us why you're running. And both of you, Sean and Kimberly, will tell us how you're going to win in far-left Deep Blue Democrat California after this word from All Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All Star Collision. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. President Trump said in his inaugural that what truly matters is not what party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. And you can see in part why Donald Trump is so unpopular in Washington, D.C., I thought that might have been funnier than Sean is just staring me across the table here. Sean Flynn, a uh, candidate for Congress in the 31st district, is, uh, is, is my guest co-host I'm today. Don Dix is out. And, uh, <laughs> and we, have on the, we have on the line with us in this half hour, Kimberlyn Brown is running for Congress in the 36th district out in Palm Springs. Kimberlyn, what led you to give up a successful show business actress career, the kind of career that probably we, you know, 99.9% of the people in the country would, oh, I, wish I, well, I wish I could have that life. What made you give that up to, uh, to run, for, for, run for Congress? You know, I just, um, I, I truly believe that for the first time in the history of our country, guys, we are not 
leaving something better to our youth. And I am going to be part of that generation, as you are, that leaves a worse off America than the one I inherited from my parents and my grandparents. And i got to tell you, my, my father-in-law, um, you know, we just lost him a couple months ago. And I would stop to see him on my way to the studio, and he was of the greatest generation. He, he fought in the South Pacific. He was a part of the Apollo program. He was the actual developer of the B-1 bomber in addition to other things. And when he said, why are you doing this, Kimberlyn? You're a good person. They're going to just crucify you. They're going to make up lies. And then he said, he said, had I known they were going to do to my country what they have done, he said, I wish I died 20 years ago. And I grabbed, I grabbed his hand and I said, Dad, that's why I'm doing this. Because we need people in office again that are there for the people. You know, this, this isn't the first time I was asked to run for office. I was asked to run in the late 90s against Sanchez. And Governor Sununu at the time asked me to do this because we did a lot of charity work together. And, and he said, Kimberly, we need more people like you that have already traveled the world, that have already done everything, that can't be jaded and can't be blinded by trips to Hawaii or trips to Africa or private plane rides here or there, because you've done all of that. And when I went to D.C. August of last year to talk to them about running for this seat, I saw exactly what John was telling me about. I believe that people go to Washington with the best of intentions, but they get there and they become their own brand of celebrity. And they like that private parking space at Reagan International. And they like being able to pick up the phone and getting tickets for their family anywhere they want to go or a dinner reservation. And the power is so thick there, you can swirl it with your hand. And I believe they're afraid to make the tough decisions that we elect them into office to make because they don't want to lose their job. And I'm not that person. I'm going there because... I want to be there. I want to take our voice there because it's been missing for far too long. I don't need the job. I want the job to make a difference. And we need to get rid of these people in Washington that are afraid to step up to the plate and make the decisions that we put them in office to make. And Raul Ruiz is one of those people. Now, tell, tell, our, tell us more about Raul Ruiz. Take two. Tell us, tell, us, tell us more about Raul Ruiz. <laughs> Tell us more about that, the, the, the guy you're running against. Well, you know, he's, he's got a, a great story, and it is a great American story. You know, he was, he was born in, in, uh, in Mexico, brought here by his father, and achieved the American dream. Uh, the person that his father worked for paid for his college education with the understanding that he would come back here to the Coachella Valley to practice medicine here because we're so short on doctors. And two years after graduation, he left. He left for Washington. So that's, you know, I have a hard time respecting people that, that don't keep their promises as well. And that's the first big promise that Raul Ruiz broke to, uh, to the gentleman that actually paid for his college education from our district. But, I mean, he, he votes against tax reforms. Um, he votes uh, against reauthorizing the flood insurance program. He, he, votes, he votes for things that actually hurt our district. And 
since he's taken office, he hasn't passed a single bill. He hasn't passed any meaningful legislation. And only after I got into this race did he start voting on bills with Republicans that were good for Americans. He's worried. He hasn't had anyone to go up against him with name recognition, strength of any of any sort in the last three election cycles. And now he does. You know, I'm not just an actress, but I'm a small business owner. I put my money to work for me. I employ over 100 people in the state of California, and I have my finger on the pulse of business like no one else in this race. Is Ruiz another one of these uh, Democrats that favors illegal immigrants over Americans? I believe so. Yes, he's, he has been one of the strongest Pelosi yes-mans um, in, in the House. I mean, and look at where Pelosi has gotten us. It's amazing to me that not only do you have illegal immigrants crossing the border, but you, 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 you have the drugs coming across the border, and which are killing tens of thousands of Americans every year. Far more Americans are, being, are dying from opioid overdose than from guns, of all, even counting suicides. But the no, Democrat no. Party does not want to secure the border. They refuse to secure the border. And this no, spending bill this past week that, that uh, it may, which probably is going to pass, there's no money for securing the border. Well, there's, there's a little money. At least it's a start. You know, uh, the thing with my design background and my, my, my custom spec home building company that I had in Nevada, I, th- there are levels and degrees of when you can start things before the next budget comes out. Enough is in there to get things started, thankfully. But you're right, the Democrats aren't paying attention to this at all. And another issue that they're not acknowledging with the border uh, not being secure is, is the human trafficking coming into our country from all over the world, not just Latin America, but, but from, from Europe and from Asia. Uh, when, when, the, when our own CIA estimates between 50,000 and 100,000 people are brought into our country with the sex trade, that's a huge difference. What is it? Is it 50,000? Is it 100,000? If they can't even put definite numbers on those people that are being brought into our country for the sex trade, of which, by the way, are never found again in our country, how many are crossing our border illegally into this country that could be of potential harm to all of us? Now, these are things the Democrats don't want to talk about. And they, they don't want to talk about it. I'm sorry. Yes, and they don't care. In other words, they are stacking the voting deck through the open borders and mass immigration and hopefully eventually amnesty. And the cost of, of even 50,000 young women trafficked into sex. Tens of thousands of Americans dying from opioid overdose. American workers losing their jobs and having lower wages, particularly lower-income workers and lower-skilled Americans. Thus, they, the Democrat Party, and even the pro-immigration Republicans, do not care as long as their own political and economic agendas are advanced. We're going to take one more break here. In our third segment, we're going to talk with both of you of how you guys plan to win in deep blue pro-dem, dem-majority districts here in California after this word from All-Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. 
When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Before we resume our discussion with Sean Flynn and Kimberlyn Brown, we have a very important event coming up where you can learn more about how you can fulfill the obligations of that most important political office. And that is the fifth annual Unite IE Conservative Conference on April 8th at the Riverside Convention Center. Our keynote speaker is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. We also have uh, Travis Allen, Larry Elder, Hugh Hewitt, and we've invited John Cox, but he's been playing coy with us and whether he's going he's gonna to show up at that. And we're going to have our two guests today, Sean Flynn and Kim Bourne Brown, talking about how they're going to win here in California. You can get your tickets by going to am590theanswer.com. And clicking on the rotating banner, you can buy your tickets. Uh, Dr. Gorka will be speaking at the keynote uh, lunch there, and there'll be a program in the afternoon that's, that's less expensive. This is going to be a great conference. Our Unite IE groups are going to be there. You'll learn more about them. So we really, really, really encourage this. It'll be time and money very well spent if you come to the conference. So guys, you're in deep blue California. You have both are in Democrat majority districts, running against Democrat incumbents who have oodles of money. How are you going to win? Start, we'll, we'll start with Sean. Oh, me first? Okay. Yeah. Well, so I think it's similar to Kimberlin's situation. I'm, I, you know, I'm in the Inland Empire here in the more populated area. Um, we've got Rancho, Upland, Redlands, Loma Linda, San Bernardino. And I, I really think a key in this district, um, Greg, which I assume is true over in Kimberlin's district as well, is that the Democratic Party has moved far to the left of the average Democrat. Um, these are These are not people in my district who you know, want a bullet train. They don't want cap and trade. They think the gas tax is outrageous. Um, they think the Democrats' position on sanctuary um, cities is, you know, not theirs, as Kimberlin pointed out from that polling data that Berkeley, of all places, came up with. And so, basically, we need to just carry a normal message, right? All these people are normals, and they want safe neighborhoods. They want um, you know, speaking of water, you know, we were talking about water earlier in an earlier segment. Just clean water. The, the point of your sanitation agency is deliver clean water, not social justice, right? And so if we just get out there and say, hey, we believe in lowering taxes. We believe in schools that are there to teach, not to teach social justice. We believe in a strong military that will stand up for American values and protect us from an aggressive Russia and other players. If we just say that we're going to do that and we're going to deliver quality of life again because i kimberlin's absolutely right we are in danger right now of this being the first time in american history where the next generation is going to have a lower standard of living and less hope less opportunity less growth we could end up like a a god forgive me we could end up like france with massively high youth unemployment the government 60 percent of the economy um no wage growth declining everything and just it's just a dismal future, right? That That's possible in America, unfortunately, right now, if we don't turn this around. And I think the average voter gets it, whether they're Republican, declined to state, or Democrat. So that's the opportunity as far as I see it. Kimberlyn? 
No, you know, I, you, you could have put my name right in front of that. You know, national security, health care, budget and debt, tax reform and economy, I mean, border and immigration reform. We need to start working together. You know, Washington, it just becomes more dysfunctional every single day. And we have too many members of Congress that are ineffective, and Raoui's is one of those people. I'm going to, to point out to the people here in my district um, his, his shortcomings, and I've got to tell you, the list of shortcomings is far longer than, than, than the other. Um, it's all about raising money right now for the two of us. I'm not going to lie about that. If we can raise the funds, we can definitely win these seats because you can run, but you can't hide from your record. I bring proven success to this office that Raul Ruiz cannot bring. I'm even one of the honorary Southern California co-chairs of Repeal the Gas Tax. And I started that in June of last year before I ever considered running for office because we need people that are willing to stand up and speak for the rest of us. And you've got two of them talking to you right now. I couldn't hurt to plug that gas tax again because they're still short on signatures with about a month to go. So if people want to sign the petition, which I think they can download a two-signature version off the website, where should they go? Absolutely. Uh, um, they can just go to repealthegastax.org. Um, it's, it's right there. And absolutely, please, sign, sign what you can. Also, I noticed um, yesterday in several different areas, we've, we've got... Uh, people collecting signatures outside of, of grocery stores at this point, anywhere you go to a gas station, if you're in District 36, we have forms at, at every ARCO station that Mr. Chandy owns in our district. Um, they're out there. You can see them because what Governor Brown wants to do is he wants to ensure that we have to do a full recount. At this point, there'd be no way to do that before it gets on the ballot, which is why if we collect these extra signatures and reach the next milestone, we don't have to go through that recount scenario. We are out of time for today, so I'm going to have to interrupt you here. I want to thank you both for coming in, and we'll have you definitely have you back before the the November election. Uh, You can can connect with Kimberlyn Brown at Kimberlyn, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-I-N, forcongress.com, and you can connect with Sean at aptly named Sean, S-E-A-N, Flynn, for Congress.com. Both of these people need your help if we're going to uh, take back California and restore government of, by, and for the people in Washington, D.C. Thank you, guys. See Thanks you next so week. Well, thank you for having us. Right, okay, bye-bye, Kimberlyn. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.